Welcome to HTM Insider. We're back again today. And of course, I'm your host, Sherelle with Multimedical Systems. And I'm really excited about my new friend, Brian Dolan of Bay Health. Brian, why don't you just take a moment to introduce yourself and let us know your background in clinical engineering. We'd really appreciate that. Yeah, so hi, I'm Brian Dolan. I'm the, as was stated, at Bay Health in Delaware. I am the Vice President of Resource Management. Uh, that includes the Departments of Supply Chain, Clinical Engineering, and Sterilization Services. So my background for clinical engineering really started in the perioperative realm. Um, I grew up in periop services before I jumped over into more of the support ancillary side of the world, um, where my first foray was really a, a project that was centered around anesthesia equipment and how do we optimize that. Um, and we uh, were able to actually grow a group out of that response for a periop clinical engineering department. And my love of that subject has never failed. So <laughs> it's been great progress from there uh, with ultimately looking at system-wide programs. And it's awesome. It's kind of exciting to me to hear how you have really merged a lot of different service lines in the hospital into one nut, so to speak, right? Yeah. That's, that's exciting. So tell everybody today your new idea that I think is kind of revolutionary. And I'm really excited to talk to the audience about it today. What's the title of this new role you've created at Bay Health? Yeah, so just to, just to back up just one second on the premise behind this, um, we saw as we were coming into this job at Bay Health, um, it was originally supply chain. And so when we talked about supply chain, it felt like it was really ignoring the other parts of our team. Um, because yes, there is supply chain in clinical engineering, there's supply chain and sterilization services, but it really didn't capture it. And so when we looked at this, we were really revising our whole strategic direction around how are we managing the resources in equipment, supplies, services, et cetera, for our organization as a whole. So in that lens, we looked at clinical engineering as a critical resource for our organization in order to deliver timely, effective, and safe care. And in order to really go and reimagine what that meant for clinical engineering, that connection to the patients, it was essential for us to really um, inspire a new direction. And we looked at a new role, which was a strategic sourcing analyst um, which would be embedded within the department to replicate what supply chain and sterile processing have been doing for years from a quality management, agile thinking, project management perspective, but bringing that home into the clinical engineering department. And our goal was to really say, how do we move from that transactional mindset of complete RPMs, get through all, all of our service tickets, making sure that we can follow our uh, medical equipment management plan to the T, and how do we go from that transactional check the box mentality over into a more strategic viewpoint of how clinical engineering could operate for the future to enable the best patient outcomes. Is this one of the things that kept you up at night, Brian? Yes, I definitely will say that, um, because as I was, we were coming into this new system, and of course, I'm bringing with me a bunch of ideas from what I used to do at my old job or what I call my past life now. Um, so <laughs> reflecting back on, on the tarot cards and the crystal ball of my past life, um, one of the big things we realized when we came into here 
um, was that we needed to truly assess the maturity model um, of our current clinical engineering department in order to say that we could be the best and enable the best possible outcomes for our organization, both from a clinical and financial perspective. And so as we did that, um, we started mind mapping out on a big whiteboard, making charts and graphs and quadrants and arrows and every shape we could pick out of the book to start really going through and diagnosing where we had a huge gap. And so one of the big gaps we saw was this strategic mindset around what could be. Um, and so it kept me up at night trying to figure out what's the solution, what's the resource we need to add to this puzzle that can tie together some of these issues we saw with missing in data, attachment to contracting processes, looking at cost, but also holding our vendors accountable for service. All the things that our clinical engineers want and wish they had time in their day to do, but we really want them to focus on what their intention is every single day is making sure equipment is up and ready and at a level of quality for our patients. So we needed somebody else to come into the picture to help complete that full vision. So when you came up with this idea, you know, you finally went, had that aha moment in the middle of the night. Did you go to leadership and they said, what? Or how were they, were they receptive? How was the rest of your leadership team thinking, is he crazy? So I can say within our, in our family um, of, of resource management, people thought it made a lot of sense to be able to have this type of role. Um, and we had bits and pieces being done in different buckets, but it wasn't all combined into one solid picture or person to help solidify that message. Um, so we, we worked together to kind of build that, what that would look like, what's that vision of the future. And we went to our chief operating officer and our chief financial officer to pitch the idea. Um, of course, we had to uh, sell a second born or our souls to <laughs> justify the expense. Right. But we were able to show, here's the roadmap and vision we have, because as we started mapping out and showing them that like today's value of over-reliance on manufacturers for certain things and being really being um, not understanding our data to the level that we need to and being able to make data-driven decisions efficiently was needing that strategic mindset, that person who could really be um, in the weeds every day with that information. And so they were quickly able to see that there was a value prop that was coming out of that. Um, but we basically said, let's try it. Let's do a small test of change. Let's see what we get. And we can justify this return on investment. And I'm sure you guys will be celebrating us later. <laughs> that, you know, that's awesome. Now, was that person, then when you wrote that job description, was that a BMET that you were looking for? Actually, we were wanting somebody who had a good mixture of experience. So they needed to know enough in clinical engineering to understand the CMMS environment, they had to have the gift of understanding procurement and contracting and how that flowed through the organization. But they also had to have the people side. The people side is a very critical piece of this. We don't want somebody who's just all in the spreadsheets that can't interact with the customer. And so relationship management and being able to have that interpersonal connection to bridge the work and the customer's needs was critical. So. Ultimately, you know, when you started putting all those requirements on paper, you're like, okay, this is somebody who has a very unique background. Um, but ultimately, we were very lucky that we that even in the department, our administrative assistant that was in the department actually was in a buyer before in procurement, and then had been the CE 
administrative assistant who worked in our, our CMMS system and had been working with GE and some of our other major suppliers for different opportunities for contracts and things just to clean the database up. And so we said, oh, well, we have this magic person. Um, and she has the personality skills and she, uh, she gets along with all the engineers and has their respect. And that was so critical because without that, somebody who's trying to feed a change into the process wouldn't be as successful. That, that's very true. Now, when you got into the weeds with this and you started you know, down the road, did you start realizing money savings? We did. Um, so as we went through, and even just in the first five or six contracts that were coming up, uh, we were actually able to negotiate, and she's a hardline negotiator, and I really appreciate the no-nonsense approach to it. Um, and her saying is always, you don't get what you don't ask for. Um, and we were actually in that first uh, year of implementing her role, um, she quickly saw at um, right now about $500,000 in the first year on app roughly. Um, that we were able to secure from cost avoidance or service cost reduction for existing contracts. So really unleashing her on some of those projects. And we did it in a very targeted way because we didn't want to overwhelm her to start with because you know there's a plethora of opportunity. Um, it really did help her get narrowed down on an actual result. And we got to see that and report it and celebrate her. And our CFO and COO both sent very specific written recommend, uh, recommendations and, and highlights to her about how they saw that work and the that's amazing so that that's a huge cost savings yes and um even in this fiscal year so far and we start in july she's already tallied up over eight hundred thousand dollars worth of avoidance and service costs so she has been you know, tackling, um, she can't leave, but, you know, we're very happy for her. Um, and, but it shows that the model that we're introducing is producing results. We know it's not perfect, but we know we can continue to work together. And we even had a conversation this morning about different ideas we could do to make it even better. So. Oh, that's exciting. Now, was it um, a motivated um, experience from the conversations with Amy, like how did that, I know Amy's been working on this for a long time, really, is how to, you know, elevate the profession, right? So was that your first motivation? And is Amy seeing what you're doing now? So for our motivation that started off, Amy did inspire it with their maturity models. So we pulled out the documents that were on the site around HTML maturity, and we saw common themes there for us to be able to say we're at the highest possible level based on that maturity scale of really understanding our business, being able to give a product to all of our customers. So if we're saying we're gonna get really tied into integrating in diagnostic imaging or getting tied into lab, the prime way to get in those doors, so you're not just focused on nursing med surge or periop items, is to be able to show value. And they can get value currently from their current service providers as a primary source. So if we're saying diagnostic imaging, they might be extremely satisfied with the level of service they have with GE Healthcare. And we're not trying to replace them, we're just trying to provide additional value inside our environment that can be a resource. And so when we start getting involved in say imaging contracts or radiation oncology related service agreements, you know, we're able to show a value of return on that, making it easier for them to get through that service contracting perspective, maybe find opportunities for modifying the service requirements and SLAs that are in the agreements and ultimately getting to a better bottom line for them, um, either through pre-negotiation or setting up the right contract and revisiting that. So 
when we look at the maturity model, again, it's getting back into and building better connections and stronger points for clinical engineering throughout all modalities of the organization. And so this is a tool for us to be able to start those conversations and an entry point of saying, let's help you with understanding your service costs, your capital replacement strategy, those things, and then being able to expand even further. And as a result, even this last year, we were able to use this data to justify building an actual imaging engineer position here and expanding their coverage for first looks, et cetera. And now we also have somebody who's more specially trained in telemetry and building that out more. And it's just inspiring more and more work, but it's, but it's all value added work that leads back to our mission and vision as a healthcare organization. I bet that this really took a lot of weight off your managers, your directors, and I, I just can't imagine because I see it across the country. There's so much on these shoulders. Yes. So many ways, right? Yes. Tell me how they were affected and what their comments were. Yeah. So our director and managers of clinical engineering, um, at first they were, you know, they loved the idea because one, they loved our embedded person that was going to be able to help establish that they had positive relationships and they had that level of trust. Um, the the biggest thing was getting them to realize like what's the vision here and where could it go and trying to temper and prioritize where that vision needed to be executed because it's really easy to go okay we're going to do all these wonderful things get a full understanding of our capital equipment full understanding of contract costs our cmms data is going to be pristine those are all big hairy audacious goals in this constantly changing environment and so when we uh, went down this road it was really giving them a lay of the land of saying this is where we're going to start um, and they've loved it actually. And they go to that resource because it augments their management responsibilities too, because they're, they have a point person now to say, where's, what is this contract? If I need to call in service on these, how do I make sure it's linked to the right contract? And it's inspired them to actually change workflows in the CMMS to help integrate this person. Um, and when they've asked questions with our analysts asking questions about Hey, um, I want to know if we have any issues with, you know, accidental damage that maybe is causing, you know, this contract to look a little bit funny or anything like that. Or actually, our clinical engineering manager um, for um, both of our campus hospital sites, he identified a way to go into the CMMS, build a whole new workflow to capture that cost, and now she has another tool in her tool belt when she's looking at analyzing the business of clinical engineering. That's awesome. That's great to hear. So how long has she been in this position? So she's been doing this now for a little over a year. Um, so a quick return on investment was secured. Wow. Um, but it really did take from an executive support perspective in my role as that sponsor of this change, um, really thinking through how to barrier bust for, for that role, how to um, help frame and prioritize work, so there's like usually a sit down once a month or two every two months that we're sitting down and going through what's your list what's in and out how can we really give you some focus because it's very easy for this to become overwhelming um so even with that short-term time and that return on investment she's done we want to make sure she's happy healthy and sane through that change um so it's important that we recognize the people side of this just as much as we see that return on investment and then you said something really important there that i like sponsor of change Wow, that's powerful when you think about it. Sponsor of change. So you were brave enough with those thoughts running through your head and getting out of status quo 
to try something different. Now, have you seen any other organizations across the United States maybe adopting this or have you shared it or just the first time? So we've shared it um, in the supply chain realm to try to inspire people to have conversations because traditionally this type of role seems to be linked more to the supply chain discipline of value analysis in healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, but it has a clear value proposition in the clinical engineering realm. And so we started having that conversation a little bit with our colleagues in supply chain at the national level through um, the Association for Healthcare uh, Resource Materials Management to give them that perspective of this is a potential dialogue you wanna have with your clinical engineering partners and family members. Um, but definitely I could see this as something that can grow because we're even talking internally about is it more than one person's job to do this? Um, and because we have seen a tremendous amount of value, and as we've shown that, there's a great demand from the other departments now too going, I want help with this. I want help with this. Yeah. Um, so it's really writing, um, it's writing itself, the story, and as we go along. But I, I see- Inspirational. Should be yeah, and it should be advocated for by multiple professions too. That's, I think, the helpful part of my role as that change sponsor is that I can speak from both the value of our overall supply chain, the value to clinical engineering. We've seen value even in our sterilization service line with some of the contracts and things that she's been able to work on. And so we can now tell that story. And that's such a critical part of this element is being able to go back and tell the story about it um, to keep supporting this initiative going. So obviously you're an in-house program. Yes. So how could this maybe be unleashed into that third-party clinical engineering relationship that could be beneficial because there's sometimes there's a gap there, right? Yes. We hired you to do X and we expect you to do X for X amount of dollars, right? That is very true. So could you, can you foresee that or? Yeah, no, I definitely can because as I've, you know, in my time doing this work, I've been both engaged with some of these uh, third-party vendors, either from that strategic, you know, G Phillips kind of model that's coming in and helping to work with you, but also you see a gap there from this strategy beyond just the scope of work. Um, and then you see hospitals and bringing in these consulting companies to look at cost management and efficiency management. Um, and so then you have these, you have to have now two to three to four to five, six, seven different resources that are outside your walls having to come in and work with you. I think third-party companies, if they look at this model and adapt it, this could be a value generation and return on investment tool that should be offered either from a, this is part of our standard offering or even a value-added service um, that can be bolted on. But I definitely see the ability for them to be able to say, we can not only just transact this stuff for you, but we wanna help you make sure that you can transform the way you're providing care through more data-driven decision-making when it comes to how clinical engineering really is a lifeblood component of how the enterprise is operating. Yeah, but they, I really believe passionately that we are all stewards of healthcare and healthcare dollars. 100%. Right, and we all, we all use the system ourselves yes. and our families use the systems. Yes. So we're not committed to be the sponsor of change or growth or um, even sometimes it's even just a personal, you want things to be better, who's gonna do it? Yeah, and that's the thing is that you have to really have that advocate that wants to think outside the box and change the picture. Um, 
And one of the things that we've really honored ourselves in with on our clinical engineering department is we're not just about, again, completing what's regulatory required of us. It's truly going, what's next? What else? What's the next thing we need to be looking at? And so even within this role that's embedded in our department, um, we found opportunities just beyond, even beyond cost, where right now she's actually working on a project for us and coordinating with the engineers and helping them organize their thoughts and documentation and everything for how to deploy mobile telemetry. And our clinical engineers, you know, when we get that equipment and we make the decision to acquire that equipment, they're like, okay, I know how to, I know how to manage it. I know how to get it in functional status. I know the vendor contacts. I know all those critical components to actually make it operate. But then we started saying, how do we, how does clinical engineering guide the deployment of that, the development of the procedures, the value prop to say we should expand or contract this program and measuring it. And so bringing that like that business-minded person into the mix, she's able to project manage and help ensure that we have all of our stakeholders involved, that we're getting through an actual value-driven project that will actually not just save us efficiency and cost and things like that for our system so we can be more agile with a mobile solution, but also eliminate a ton of waste in what people are having to endure today just because they didn't think to ask the question, should we have a mobile telemetry and then how do we use it the right way? Because I think we do a lot of status quo, right? If it's working, don't fix it. Don't yes. break it. You know, leave it as it is. Everything's fine. We've always done it that way. So it sounds to me like you've really gone from transactional to transformational. Yes. Right. And that's really inspiring, Brian. I really like this. Um, I really think we need to get that out there. And would you be open to talking to other people in the industry if very, they wanted to give you a call and say, hey, Brian, how'd you do this? Very much. Our team is always open to share and um, help contribute to the greater uh, healthcare network. Do you attend any of the conferences like MD Expo, Amy? Um, I have been go I have been to those in the past, yes. I don't, I'm not sure if I'll be able to go Amy this year, but I have a lot of other conferences we need to go to. Uh, but definitely uh, love to stay connected with everyone in the network. Yeah, and we really appreciate you coming on today. So we always like to end each one of our podcasts with the wow word, your word of wisdom. It could be more than just one. <laughs> you could add two, three, or four or a sentence. But if you wanted to leave everybody today that tuned in with your words of wisdom, what would it be? I would have to say um, every time I always think about this myself, and this is what kind of helps me inspire this type of change, but I would have to say never be satisfied and always keep your eyes on the true north. Oh, that is really special. That almost made me tear up a little bit. <laughs> it, that was good. I, I might need to put that on the shirt. <laughs> Uh, merchandise is now available on my LinkedIn page. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll put your contact information out with this podcast. And, you know, I hope people reach out to you and, and be, right, that sponsor of change. Definitely happy to help. Let me know. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. HTM Insider listeners, follow us on your favorite podcast locations, including iTunes, Spotify, and we look forward to hearing your comments and your input. Thank you again and have a great day.